being on your boat with two or three people you enjoy being with and you know letting letting be taken by by the wind which is still a sort of magic that happens that will not change and that people will go back to pick up your presents an interview with oscar seiches the captain of the industry for more news and great content relevant to the maritime industry click like and follow us nice to see you oscar hey great okay so um so let's start uh so you're involved in the maritime industry pretty much since uh, the age of six. That's when you started getting yes. involved. Uh, what, what, drew, yes. what drew you? What drew you to the industry? What, what did you love so much about them? To, about the sea world. Look, I'm third generation uh, Navy people, right? And uh, so the, the the going out uh, to sea was in or is in the family blood. And, uh, and that's why I started so early. My father was, uh, was an engineer in the Navy. He was a lot of time out. And, um, and then my mom obviously didn't know what to do with us. There were other times, but uh, we had that Navy club, which uh, in Argentina is very popular that every single union or, or group of, of, uh, of uh, craftsmen or, or, or people, they, have their own club, which is part of the social, you know, works of, of that group or of that guild. And so we were taken to the, to the club. And then uh, you had to be 10 to um, go into the sailing school. But uh, I, I, I was always there asking questions. I've been always a pain in the ass asking <laughs> questions. And I was always there asking questions, you know, I'm like, I want to know that and I want to do that and I want to do that. And this, this old man, or for me, he was like a dinosaur, um, who was an instructor, was a Swiss guy that had been a crew member on the Kaiser Wilhelm uh, yacht Meteor 5, which is one of the most beautiful yachts ever made. And then suddenly he said, you know what? You're just going to jump on the small boat and uh, I'm going to teach you to sail. And I would just, you know, jump over rules and regulations. We Argentinians, we are perfect for that. I mean, we, we do that very well. And uh, so it started. It started at six instead of at ten. And, um, and it went quickly. I loved it. He was an incredible teacher. And, um, and, and from there on, it never stopped. Then it started, you know, I started making racing, then racing against other clubs and uh, you know the river the river in front of Buenos Aires is 27 nautical miles uh, wide so that's about 40 40 something kilometers so it's a vast expand of water uh, you have strong currents um, uh, you have a, a lot of uh, meteorological um, different situations you know water rises very quickly, water goes down very quickly, it's very shallow. So when you learn how to sail in those waters, you are going against the worst that you can possibly find and with a very, very basic means. And, and that, that forms you as a tough sailor already from a, a very early age, but naturally. You know, not, not making an effort. The thing is there, yeah, you know, you go into the wrong current and you, they're going to go and pick you up three kilometers away. So, so uh, that's good, how I got involved. Very good school for you. Uh, yeah, 
for, for, for all of us who did it at that time. And, uh, and then from there went to another thing. I kept on in racing teams. Uh, I was very, very busy with uh, my brothers in racing. Um, there's a lot of uh, nautical activity in Buenos Aires. And, uh, and, and then when I went to the, to the Navy College, I was the captain of the sailing team. We were racing in very old-fashioned boats, which was fantastic, these this whaler boats. And, um, and then I started, I started uh, working, and, uh, and then I chose to work in the nautical industry. And, and from there on, everything was practical. It was, was just going, doing, making the mistake, correcting, uh, doing the next thing, making the mistake, correcting. I'm a, I, have a, I have a doctorate in making mistakes. But I've learned a hell of a lot from that. Best way to look at things. So, so today you're involved in multiple global organizations. Um, where, where is the inspiration and motivation to lead so many different initiatives in the industry? Where, where does that stem from? Let, let me understand well the question. Uh, can you repeat that? Yeah. So today you're involved in many global organizations. Ecomia, yes. right? And um, so, so where does the inspiration and motivation, where, where does it come from? Okay, I'm a strong believer that knowledge that is not shared is not good for nothing. You know, if you keep everything you learn for yourself, you know, and, and, and close yourself tight on a tiny little cocoon or cylinder or something like that, then you're not good doing any good uh, at all. So what you know, you have to share. And obviously there is, a, there is a time where you go professionally through the whole path and you live from that. And there is a time that you can relax a little bit the thing or a lot and start sharing experiences and, um, and um, just trying to give other people uh, part of the knowledge uh, you had, which is a sword of two edges because my knowledge, is not from 2021. So the world where I made my knowledge doesn't exist anymore. So you have to keep on adapting to be up to. I always say, you know, like my generation, well, we probably share usefully maybe 25, 30% of what we know. The rest doesn't apply because it happened at the time that doesn't exist anymore and it's not going to come back. Uh, that sharing is what drives me to be part of these organizations. Uh, I'm very lucky I've been invited to be part of all these organizations. I mean, all these organizations. There are four or five organizations. Uh, I've been invited to be part of these organizations. And I take it very seriously to try to apport something from my side to contribute to what the nautical industry is. So. Um... The, the term that they give you is uh, captain of the industry. No. Yeah, well, no, that, yeah, that, that term is a, it's a, it's a, it's a English term, of course, which defines, I mean, you can, you can be uh, a captain of industry in, in steelworks or in fashion or something like that. But of course, in our case with the nautical industry it comes up uh, a little bit more familiar with what uh, we do. So, as as a captain of the industry, where do you see the industry heading? Uh, 
uh, I have to speak about up to January this year and as from probably June or July this year, because I mean, this is going to be a big line trace for everybody, you know, before it happened and after it happened. Uh, the industry was going very slowly towards um, spreading more and admitting a hell of a lot more uh, people to join and to enjoy it. Now, this industry, I would say, goes, goes very close with the, in a way with capitalism on one side, because we are seen as snobs and as a reduced group of people with a lot of money. And certainly that is part of the industry. That is what people look at. And that is what, who is not in the industry, uh, let's say is the easiest way of framing us into a category, okay? But there is a hell of a lot of another part of the industry, which is the clubs, the sailing school, the associations that, uh, that bring children to learn how to sail all the all the racing part i mean we have the top 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 racing part like the america like the america's cup and all these things which is a tiny little niche up there and um, but we have a hell of a lot of all the mono class uh, classes which make their regattas uh, local um, uh, country or national regattas and then the international regattas that moves a lot of people, uh, I'm not going to talk about money because money is not the, 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 the target of it or the end of it. We mix people doing the same thing and aiming for the same target, which is getting it to the sea, not conquer it because men will never conquer the sea, but being able to play with it and get some pleasure out of it. And that is a huge thing that especially in Europe will grow and will keep on growing and uh, and I hope uh, in the whole rest of the world that can happen too. So you spoke about um, up till January and uh, until July let's say yeah um, and these are very challenging times uh, do you see oh, yeah do you see any uh, potential opportunities positive opportunities that might grow from this situation? Look, I mean, most cultures, uh, Asian cultures, saw trouble times as times of opportunity. And this is not uh, any different. We will have to revise the whole thing, and in many, many cases, we'll have to restart the whole thing, because this will be a clean out, not of the bad, but it will be a clean out of things that were hanging and supporting themselves on a very weak uh, fundaments. The strong fundaments will stay and we'll have to build the thing again on those strong fundaments. The strong fundaments, the love for the sea, the, the being able to, 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 to deal with it and to exact pleasure of it, just to, as a point of gathering people, to do it, uh, give the people the knowledge how to go and play safely with the sea. And here I'm not saying only sailing boats, I'm saying everything. Even if the guy that, that, uh, 
that buys a two and a half meter inflatable, you know, with a, with a, with a 10 horsepower uh, outboard and uh, just goes out for fishing or just for dropping an anchor somewhere and having a swing and coming back. All of them. We will be looking at, first of all, we'll be looking at this can be stopped at any time because we didn't see it coming and it happened. So it's something that I think for everybody alive going through this, there will be a tiny little thing in the brain that will say, this can happen again at any time. What will make that? That will make that people enjoy more things. At least the reasonably intelligent people to say, hey, guys, we give it, we gave it so many things for granted, you know? And you know what? It's not granted anymore. Because it happened to us, you know, with satellites and tiny little stupid cars going to Mars and all these things. And we couldn't stop this. So what we have, we have to enjoy more. And into yachting, this is a big mean because let's say that normal character that uh, let's say buys a more expensive boat because he wants to be seen as the person that has the most expensive boats in the harbor or in the marina, that should fade. That, that shouldn't exist anymore because it's a wrong thing. You know, it's the wrong thing to buy a beautiful, buy a beautiful boat because it sails beautifully and it's safe and, and it's beautiful to look at and the whole thing. But not because you are calling the shots because you have the most expensive boat in the marina. That is a very easy example of what I think people will start changing a little bit their mind about. I, I hope so as well. I hope so as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm a positive thinker, you know. <laughs> um, do you think, um, so in terms of, um, you said that uh, the, the industry you believe is going to change, and do you think there's going to be any, uh, not just the industry, but also the actual sailors, but do you think there's also going to be a change in terms of uh, innovation, uh, sustainability, eco-friendly approaches? Absolutely. I mean, we were going in a rather reasonable way lately. Lately, I mean probably in the last five years, we were really starting to care about especially sustainability and uh, you know um, environmental control and uh, access to people again and the whole thing. So that will be, that will have another meaning now of keep on going those things because we don't want if something like this happens, probably will never, but we never know, if something like this happens again, to get us so unbalanced that suddenly the whole thing cuts out and we have to start from scratch. We are not going, I mean, I normally exaggerate a lot, but um, we are not going to have to start from scratch in the nautical uh, industry, but we certainly going to have to take a couple of steps back because a lot of people will stay behind, a lot of people will not survive this, uh, this situation. And when, when the whole, let's say, accessory thing around boats and sailing start growing up and being in functioning again, it will be on different bases. It will never be on the basis we were running in December 2019. So what companies 
or marinas do you feel are going to be primed to be successful once things go back into place or return to to a more balanced situation the marinas that are thinking about people and not about boats that that this is a theory i'm i'm supporting for for some time uh, I, I gave a couple of speeches in a couple of conferences around we have been running out i mean yachting modern yachting started in the 60s okay where people started having and it started having you know these harbors where you could leave your boat and the whole thing before it was a real real you know top class uh, enjoyment uh, with with big yachts and traditional things and so on but on the 60s people started buying power boats and the and the and the outboards uh, showed up uh, and they were reasonable and uh, and people started using small boats for small coming outs in the States and then it spread to the rest of the world. So when, when, um, when we start rebuilding this, this way of uh, using a boat and putting a boat in the marina as a parking place, I've been always a fighter of the idea of a marina as a parking place, because a marina should be a small community, not a parking place. It should be a place where if it's bad weather, you can still go, have your coffee, have your lunch, have the children having fun in the park or something like that. So that, that I defend for a long, long time. And that is something that people took, not from me, because it was a general movement, um, and, uh, and implemented on that way. Now, I'm in a sort of, call it crusade, uh, when I say, guys, we have always think about how big the boats, uh, how many boats, uh, you know, the breakwater and the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. That's logistics and that they have to be there and the whole thing. But we have to start thinking about people. So the people that makes our marina, not the boats that make our marina. Which people use which boats in which way? When we start understanding that, we can provide them with their needs in a much effective way. And we have to do it, I mean, we have to do it for everybody. I had a, I had a boss when I was working for Sunseeker. His name is uh, Peter Gruber. And that guy taught me a lesson I will never, ever forget. He said, Oscar, one thing, you can go and, uh, you know, say hello and uh, have a nice day to people and the whole thing. But, uh, there is one thing which is very important. You want to be successful on this business? You have to know that with Mr. A, you have to talk about bicycling. With Mr. B, you have to talk about cars. With Mr. C, you have to talk about ladies. And with Mr. D, you have to talk about politics. And so when you master that, people will never leave your marina because they will feel home always. It's the, and, the, the personalization. Yeah, I, I never thought that, but we, we're missing that. But it's going to come. I think it's one of the things that's going to come. We have to be more focused on the people and not on the items, on the, on the you know, pieces of things. The personalization. Yeah. Making it very personal. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons why you believe in Pickapier? Yes. Well, I believe in Picapier. I believe in Picapier because I'm a totally convinced person that we human beings are quite stupid still. We have not reached 
a reasonable level of evolution. We're missing a lot in many points. So when, when Idan uh, comes and suggests these things, and I really put him into a very hard test before accepting to join Peter Peer. And, um, but, uh, but when he explained me about uh, uh, artificial intelligence and the whole thing, I thought, oh, be careful. This, when, when this is done well, and it's already a proven technology, when this is done well, it does not depend on the uh, judgment you take one day you are in a bad mood or one day you are in an incredible good mood and that will affect everybody. These things put the emotions away, looks at the thing how they are and produces, suggests, doesn't make, but suggests changes and ways of doing the things which will be more down to the reality that is really happening. Of course, that takes time because you know what, what we want to do uh, needs to feed the system with the first result first, just to go getting finer and finer, more people, more situations, better results. But that's what I really um, think uh, pick up here will be will be fantastic, which is it will just it will just give you the data that emotionally you cannot process. Because if you process emotionally, you are making mistakes on one side or on the other side. But the chief doesn't make a mistake, but the chief has to know. And to know, he has to be taught and he has to be taught with the, with the data. But that's, that's what I believe on Picapi. Nautical things are not a threat to any personnel or marinas or directors or harbor captains or dog hands or anything like that. They are not because with Mr. A, you have to talk about bicycling. And with Mr. B, you have to talk about cars. And that will not change. And that is the real human uh, part that will never change because people feel comfortable in any situation uh, when, when they get this interaction, especially normally when you go to a boat, you just go to have a good time. And you sort of leave, I always leave, say you leave part of your brain at home. Why? Because you just leave those things there on the side and you just go there. That's why good weather is so important. But if there is no good weather, well, let's replace it with something else which is fantastic and can become important too. That's why I think Picapier will be an incredible, fantastic success. I think also what you mentioned just now, that's going to be, uh, so one of the reasons why I believe that when, once things become balanced again, there will be a lot of people going back to their boats, uh, going on vacations, because they're going to want to find things to kind of clear their heads and to make them uh, enjoy again. And when you go to, when you go on your boat and when you go sailing, it's kind of just like you're carefree, you get to enjoy, relax, and leave things behind. And I think um, I saw something in, in China and Hong Kong, they're already, they're more, there's more demand already for boats. Yes, uh, I've read that. Um, it would be, it would be 
not good for me to give an opinion about Hong Kong now because because those guys, I mean, they have they have such a changes in the last year that uh, that they cannot be taken as a sort of a general example of what will happen. But there are some things that will never ever ever change. Some sun breeze or quiet sea, being on your boat with two or three people you enjoy being with, and you know letting letting be taken by, by the wind, which is still a sort of magic that happens, that will not change. And that people will go back to. And um, because in a way you need very little for. I mean, you can, you can do that with a seven meter boat, six meter boat, which costs a hell of a lot less than a second hand car. So you can do that, you can enjoy that. The moment you jump on the boat, you are leaving the world behind. You are leaving the buildings, you are leaving the tax department, you're leaving everything behind and you're enjoying in a complete different tiny world of yours. It's going to take time. It's probably going to take more time than what in general people think. I don't see this season happening in general uh, because it's not that we'll be just allowed to go out and I don't see people running back to their boats and going sailing. Or, or, or going to make a barbecue in the marina because people will be scared to death still. This will last, you know, not, not, uh, not the actual medical situation, but the, the spiritual situation, the emotional situation, people will be scared. And just to get their nose out and do things, they will do it very, very slowly, I think. And the nautical business is not going to be something different. So we will have to coach them to say, guys, come here, jumping the family on a boat and going sailing, you know, there is no bloody possibility of any virus or anything going around. You just have the water and the wind and that is fine. So go enjoy it, come back, go back home. We have to do a hell of a lot of work on that. Um, we have to convince people to uh, to lose that frighten and to start approaching again the harbors and their boats to go and uh, do some sailing. It's our job to do it. What do you think would be the best ways to do that, to encourage sailing once again? Uh, for me, the best way to be, first of all, to start working now on it, not when everything finishes. Um, start working now on it and start planning small, small, let's call it social actions that people can take easily and, and just get them slowly. And also not to forget that all these people that will have it very hard and uh, like restaurants, like, uh, like service people, uh, you know, all, all, all these uh, uh, self-employed that are now just hanging from nothing. Those people should be included because they are part of the nautical industry and uh, we can help them, I think, also make them be part of, for instance, basic classes for electrical things on board, even basic classes of cooking on board, but just to make them participate so people do not forget that they are there, you know, and if we can help uh, those guys to get busy a little bit faster, it will be better for everybody. So just put the people together, give them a reason why to go, 
don't make it long, don't make it complicated before making a regatta or something. Look, just make a barbecue because making a regatta. Um, you don't exactly don't don't do the shock treatment. Just do something that people can accept, and that then will join. For me, that's a way to go. And those programs can be prepared now, and have them ready because we can we can tune them theoretically, of course. But we all we all all of us we have we have enough knowledge and experience about that. We can tune the things to start engaging the people and say, look, we are planning to do this. You know, forget about this harbor being the, the let's say, the, the enemy of the next harbor because, because you want to have the boats with you and not with the other guys or something like that. We'll, we'll just have to put barriers down and just make a move towards getting the people back. <clears throat> so That's what I think. Thanks. I think it's a very good place to start. And um, so another thing that Pickup here believes in is promoting sustainable and eco-friendly practices, both in the marina Absolutely. and at sea. Um, what, what, um, what opportunities do you see right now that exist to promote such activities? We've done a step forward, quite quite a sensible step forward in the in the last years towards that. People is a lot more uh, minded to respect the environment and to use the things properly. But we can we can even go a little bit further. Don't forget that the essence of yachting is the pleasure you have in the water. Now, if the water is dirty or stinky or something like that, then your pleasure is gone. So we are naturally the people that protects more the environment we are going around. These things have changed a lot in the last, well, I will go a little bit further, but, but probably 40, 45 years. The other day, I was looking at the video of uh, the first, uh, I don't remember if it was the first or the second round the world uh, race, the Whitbread in 73-74 and Peter Blake was there and uh, Jay Blith was there and the whole thing and then suddenly in the video you see a guy stopping drinking a beer and taking a, a, a knife and making two holes in the in the can dropping it overboard yeah. you know I mean he would be fusillated today doing that in those times that was a way of doing so we've done a whole good way towards what should be done. We can intensify and uh, also doing these small events uh, and gathering people to come back is a very good opportunity also to just get in that notion of we have to take care and this is the best way or the most efficient way to take care. Again, we try to, I mean, especially in Europe, we tend to complicate matters unnecessarily. Let's go basic. Basic, people understand immediately, and it's very easy to do. So let's go basic. When we achieve basic, we go basic plus one. And for me, that's the way of living it. And there, Picapia can help because when, when you're starting gathering all these things and so on, you can go demonstrating how clean the boats are, the marina are, you know, the, the, the factors that have to be better 
Uh, and just, just giving the information, that's a big step. So people say, oh, okay, I mean, you know, we can do that. So let's go and help with that. This goes back to what you were saying about knowledge sharing and how, how important yeah. knowledge sharing is. Yeah. Knowledge sharing, yeah, absolutely. And data gathering, because first you have to know what do you have in hand. I mean, we all think, so say, oh, the boats, well, the boats, look. I mean, in, in, in one of my marinas, I used to have 20 meter boats. And for a couple of times, I had 110 meter boats. They are not two boats. One is a small city, and the other one is a already big boat. So you cannot say two boats, right? But up to now, we have said two boats. I do some consulting, and people say, yeah, you know, I want, uh, I want to have 120 boats in the marina. I say, okay, I mean, which sizes? Well, 60 meter and this and that, because everybody's horny with the, with the big sizes. And then I say, well, you know, I mean, four boats of 50 meter is not the same as four boats of 60 meter. So you, you, you have to realize that one thing has to go with the other one, because if not, you have a complete unbalanced thing. A boat of 60 meter will have 25 crew, and it will need four or five parkings just for that boat. And it has to be, the parkings have to be next to the boat, cannot be 200 meters away. While the 50 meter, you know, will come just with a supermarket, hopefully, paper bag, uh, leave the, the car 150 meters and walk happily to the boat and get out. So it's not the same thing. They don't, they need different things. And you, you, have, you have to know that first, how, how people use them, um, their, their needs, just to make a good job out of it. Uh, can, due to the recent situation, can the industry be better prepared to deal with something like this, that if it were to happen in the future? Uh, we better do, because it's the only chance. We cannot go, if not, we are going to slowly disappear. But I, 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 I believe, I believe this is, I mean, it will sound funny, but this might be, you know, half a blessing and half a curse. A curse because a lot of people have it bad and a blessing because a lot of people will have to rethink the whole thing and adapt it and make it better and, and kill a lot of mistakes made in the past, including governments. Um, so for, for those watching the video who would like to be involved in the industry, especially today, uh, where do you recommend they start? Uh, well, there's, there's one thing. They want to start being part of the industry as industry or as users? Both. Users, any sailing school. There is a lot of sailing schools that are of, of clubs. Clubs are less and less... Um, uh, uh, how you call that, uh, elitist, right? They are more and more open, but there are a lot of municipal schools, uh, private schools of, uh, of uh, sailing that, uh, that one can do. And those people, they are prepared, especially in the last years, they are very accommodating to the needs of people. So they will do it at times where people can do it, not only weekends, also, you know, afternoons after the people come out of the job, etc. So the, the first thing will be a school. I beg, 
everybody. Don't start big. And a six or seven meter boat to start, maybe it is too big for some people. Don't start big. Learn the basics. When you learn the basics and you are comfortable with it, you will never ever have a problem with a boat because you will know your limits. So please start, uh, yeah, no, start small and start basic. Second thing for the ones in the industry, well, it will be just to, to uh, first of all, there is a lot of uh, tuition uh, of training for, for people to begin in different course in the yachting industry, the nautical industry. Um, that can go from factories of accessories for boats up to uh, shipyards themselves and passing through uh, becoming a deckhand in a marina. If you look for them, you'll find them. So again, start at the lowest level. You can, you can climb up quite quickly but, uh, but please, uh, start in the beginning. Because, because if, you, if you miss a step, that step you will be missing forever. And, and the decisions you make and how you think will be affected by that mislink that you didn't have in the beginning. Okay, well, Oscar, thank you. My pleasure. This is, this is very fun and very productive. Uh, Great. So there you have it, Oscar Seichas, the captain of the industry. It was interesting for me to learn more about the potential opportunities that exist because of the current situation and how we have a chance to begin a new sustainable chapter. If you have any questions, please leave a comment below and be sure to follow us and subscribe to receive more great and relevant content from industry leaders of the maritime industry.